You are listening to the Final Score Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Greg Swatak of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. Coming to you this week from Mimeo Field at Harry Grove Stadium on a beautiful afternoon uh, overlooking the field here, where next week the Carolina All-Star Classic will be played. And my guest on this week's episode uh, will appear in that game. Uh, He is a uh, utility infielder and one of the clutch hitters on on the Frederick Keys. He is Willie Yon. Willie, thanks for doing this, man. Awesome to have you on. Thanks for having me, Greg. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, the the thing I love about you is in college, you're a broadcasting major. I mean, this is, or you majored in journalism. This is what you want to get into. Uh, Why are you interested in, in, in getting into this line of work? Well, I went into college and I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. And then my sister was doing journalism at the University of Maine. So I thought I'd give it a try. I wasn't sure how I was going to go. And I fell in love with it. It was really cool. And I realized the opportunity that it offered for, uh, you know, having my experiences in athletics and then eventually uh, channeling those experiences into a broadcasting journalism, whether it's writing or broadcasting, radio, TV, stuff like that, into that type of career. Yeah, and, and you went to the University of Connecticut, uh, where, where you played baseball. And I'm, I'm fascinating. So I'm fascinated, sort of, by the baseball versus basketball dynamic at a school like UConn, where where, where, where basketball sort of reigns on both the men's and the women's side. Yeah, when I was when I first got there, we had just come off of uh, another dual national championship. The men and women both won, so basketball was definitely in the forefront of the sports world there. But um, then we kind of we had a couple down years, and the baseball team and other teams like hockey team were doing really well. So um, we were kind of making a name for ourselves while the basketball team was kind of on a little lull there. You grew up in a small town in Connecticut. Correct. Yeah, Sharon, Connecticut, up in the northwest corner in the woods. Uh, in the in the woods, how how, how many people is it like a one stoplight town or? Um, I I think full population. When we, we sometimes we have New Yorkers that fill in our population in the summer, so it's probably like twenty five, twenty seven hundred people. So so it's sort of a town where everyone knows your name, uh, right? Or, yeah, we or, we all know each almost, other. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so to be from a small town in Connecticut and go to the state university to play baseball, to play a sport, no less. Was, was, was that a big deal for you? Yeah, that was, that was a really big deal for me. I, I was always kind of, I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go in high school. I wanted to go down South cause I wanted to get out of the cold and all that stuff. And then I realized the great tradition that UConn baseball program had when I went and visited there and I loved the coaches and realized how great of an opportunity it was. So uh, finally signed that national letter of intent and knowing that I was going there to play there was just a really great feeling. Yeah, and what, what was it like going to school there at, at Connecticut? What, what were the classes like and stuff like that? Um, it was it was it was good. It was challenging at first, you know. Kind of my freshman fall was a little bit tough, just uh, transitioning from high school to college naturally, with it like everybody else. Playing and a sport then, too, and yeah, you know, that's, some people say playing a D one sport that's like a second full-time job for in, sure. in addition to going to class yeah definitely yeah so uh, getting used to it my freshman fall took a little bit of time and then uh, coming around to the spring it all started clicking um in the classroom and on the baseball field so it turned out to be a really awesome experience now have you heard the the war stories about journalism it, it, it's a tough field to crack into that the pay isn't always great at, 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 the, at mm-hmm. the lower levels and you really have to pay your dues and you're not starting in new york city you're starting in somewhere uh, like, like like your town in in, in Connecticut, right. so people sort of warned you against uh, getting into journalism, or uh, not necessarily warned against. Like we had professors who were talking about how difficult it would be at first, and they were talking about where they first started. You know, small towns in New England, or you know, somewhere out west, or something like that. And I've also uh, stayed in communication with some of my classmates who are going through that right now. 
So right, plus the landscape has changed so much. I mean, in in some ways that are good. Now you have things like podcasts and things like this, but but things like newspapers and other opportunities are are, are disappearing, and, and it, it becomes harder to to crack into the business. So, do you see yourself as a TV personality or um, or a radio personality? Do you want to call games one day, or, or what's what's the journalism dream for you? I, I guess I have two. One of them would be you know some kind of TV personality. I'd like to get in front of a camera and talk about baseball. And You'd kind be of, a baseball analyst. Yeah, yeah, like a baseball analyst. Whether it's you know big time you know like MLB Network or something like that, or for some local baseball tonight you know. on ESPN, yeah, uh, joined by analyst Willie Yon. <laughs> that's that's, that's the ultimate dream. Yeah. yeah, that's the ultimate one. But right. um, or even you know writing for a big time newspaper, being like a baseball columnist or something like that. That'd right. be that's another dream. For Have sure. you been on a podcast before? Have you done? Um, I've done, I did one last year for a a Connecticut writer and then I did one with Jeff uh, last week. So I guess this is my third one. Awesome. (laughs) And would you like to be a podcast host? Would you like to have your own podcast one day? Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be, it'd be fun to cover all sorts of topics because you got a little bit more of a time, time space with podcasts, which is nice. Right. Now you do keep up a baseball blog. I understand Uh, the blog is called a ball player's blog. So a nice, a nice simple name there. How often do you update it? And what what sort of message are you trying to get across uh, with the blog? Um, well, I up- I try to update as much as I can. It gets tough in season. So since spring training, I think I've had three or four. Um, and the off season, I, I, I mix in some more. But um, yeah, I guess I'm really just trying to. Part of it is just you know the experience of minor league of minor leaguers and what they go through. Sides of it that people might not you know uh, they might not notice or they they just never heard about specifically. And then other times I'll just uh, I'll I'll do like a like a top five like I did one of those top five favorite stadiums or like my favorite games in college and stuff like that. So it uh, the topics vary all over the place. Top five restaurants, top five places to eat on 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 the road. Have you have you done that one? Haven't yet? done that. So, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I haven't done that one yet. No. You, you mentioned some of the things that people don't appreciate or don't see about what it's like to be a minor league baseball player. What are what are some of those things? I mean, you have long bus rides. You're mm-hmm. you're in hotels for 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 much of the season. Um, you're you're only you're working five months of the year, and you're not you're not paid beyond that. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, that's your job. So you, so you need another job. So what are what are some of the more underappreciated things about the minor league lifestyle? Do you think? Uh, well, yeah, I did I did uh, one about road trips and talking about you know how we survive those and what we do to get through them and the places we go. You know the the amount of time we're on buses and stuff like that. Um, I did one about. You know what you do, what you do in the off season to make a little extra money before, because you know we're not we're only getting paid five or six months out of the year. What do you do in the off season to make um, a little extra money? I was doing I was doing clinics, yeah. yeah. So I was just where I was working with uh, you know kids coming out of little league, getting ready, getting transitioning to the big diamond, and then high school kids, um, and then running like some big camps here and there at my high school, and then at a local training facility. Um, but then I also wrote about. Uh, you know what it's like to you know because I got drafted in the 25th round so I kind of gave the perspective of not you know you don't go straight to an affiliate sometimes out of the draft like I was in the Gulf Coast League which is a, a big time grind and uh, then after that spring training my first spring training I went to extended spring training which is as much of a grind if not more of a grind than the Gulf Coast League so it's it's not all you know we're not playing in front of thousands of people every single night right right after you get drafted you got to do staying in four and five star hotels like the major leaguers yeah that's uh, not while, 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 <laughs> eating, eating great meals all, all the time so what what do you appreciate about the minor league lifestyle though um 
uh, well, once you get to an affiliate, you know, coming from playing in Sarasota for almost, you know, six months at GCL and extended combined, I, I really, I really love the minor league lifestyle. I mean, the bus rides are tough and all that, but playing before fans, it's not like a huge roaring stadium. You know, you play for people that you see every day and you see, you see a lot of the same kids all the time that really appreciate, you know, you signing stuff for them and just playing hard for them. Um, just kind of the, the tight knit atmosphere that you get in a minor league, uh, minor league, uh, atmosphere is what I like the most so far. Where, where do you eat? Are, are there, are, are your meals often catered before and after games or do you have to, you have to find places late at night or all, all, all of the above or, 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 or what's your eating schedule? Like? Um, yeah, usually, usually we get catered after the game, which is yeah. nice. Uh, our, our clubby J rod, he, he hooks it up for us. He does a really good job with yeah. food. So he treats right. it, he treats us well when we're at home. Right. Mm. How, what about the road though? Are you, are you on your own or do most places are, are they pretty good about they, they'll cater too, but it, okay. it's, uh, it varies, you know, sometimes, sometimes you see something and you know, maybe it's, you're not too sure about it. So you'll go out and eat with some of the guys, but usually, usually it's pretty good food. Right. How do you kill time on the bus, uh, on, on road trips? Um, a lot of cards. We play. We play a lot of cards. Sometimes we'll toss on a movie um, that everybody that everybody wants to watch. Um, either a movie, cards, or uh, just that you got to learn. I've learned how to take naps on buses and in yeah. cars and stuff like that. So. Right. Do you listen to music and and, and read and stuff too, or mm -hmm. are you just socializing and just doing things with the guys and just bsing with the guys? A little so bit. A little bit of yeah. both. Yeah. yeah. Um. I always usually listen to music. If I'll have one earbud and play cards, or if I'm getting ready to sleep, I listen to just music and fall asleep. Um. And then yeah, I read. I read sometimes. I uh, I like to read more like you know articles about like either what's going on in baseball or just news articles and stuff. Just kind of quick stuff instead of you know getting invested into a book and falling asleep something right. like that. <laughs> so you're reading about baseball. Mm -hmm. Do you like to get away from baseball? I mean, baseball is your job. It's it's what you're doing 24 mm -hmm. seven pretty much. And even in the off season when you're running your clinics and stuff, what what do you do to sort of get away from the game? Um, I I honestly I, I still watch baseball a lot. Even you do? yeah, I don't I don't I so don't you're, mind. You're not seeking to get away from it. No, yeah, because yeah, yeah. like, I'll go home after you know a good game or a bad game and i'll flip on the mlb network and watch the west coast games you know so i, yeah. I can't get enough of it you're, you're, so you're a baseball junkie for sure so, yeah. yeah um and so what card games do you playing on the bus are you playing poker are you playing uh, uh um, it's sometimes sometimes we'll mix in a poker game here and there but we have like some i don't know where a lot of these games came from but like right. kind of everybody in the organization knows like they're called 13 and pluck and yeah. uh boo ray and stuff like that so it's uh that we everybody learns them over the course of a season so who's the who's the best card player on the team Ooh, it, it's there's a big rivalry between the pitchers and position players i know kidding. yeah okay. yeah so, uh, are, like, are you up there are you one of the, are you one of the better card players i or? think i think i've gotten better I've made, I've made a name for myself throughout the course of the season yeah but there sometimes yeah. there'll be two tables and it's pitchers and position players and then when we start mixing the the players you know some pitchers and some position players it gets pretty feisty so. right okay <laughs> uh what's your favorite minor league road city where, where do you where do you like to go and play um that's a good question I've, I've liked a couple i mean um i i liked when we were last year i was in the new york penn league we got to go play in new york city and it was nice because it wasn't too terribly far from home so people would come and watch and there's you know there's endless amounts of things to do in new york city so it was always fun um i liked i, I liked when we just went down to um we went to play the carolina mudcats because we stayed in raleigh and that was my first time going to Raleigh, and my my uh, old roommate Robbie Thorburn was always telling me about how great Raleigh was. So I went and checked it out, and it's a pretty cool town. Right. Who's got the best food other other than here um, in, in the minor leagues? Hmm. From what you've experienced so far. Um. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I guess I have to go with um, 
with New York because they got yeah. you know you got all sorts of options and you know some New York style pizza and stuff like that. So. Yeah, that's awesome. They feed you pizza. They're catering pizza to you guys. Oh, well, no, so we, yeah, we go find it. You go out, you go on your own and find yeah. it. So yeah, yeah, you have more choices. Exactly. Uh, uh, when you're up in New York, so so growing up in Connecticut, Sox fan or Yankees fan? Yankees fan. Yankees yeah. fan. Why? Because yeah. they won all the time. Or no, uh, well, um, my mom is a huge Yankees fan to begin with, and we I live in like the very the very northwest corner and uh, Metro North. The, the train line runs up to Wasaic, New York, which is about 10 minutes from my house. Okay. So you take you just take the car over, and then the train goes straight down to the stadium. Okay, so, so you're surrounded by Yankees fans. So so your part of Connecticut is Yankees territory, more more than Sox territory. I'd say more so, yeah. But it's also the state of Connecticut in general is, is very split. I'd say there's like a line from the northwest corner to the southeast corner. And south, southwest is very Yankees and New York sports, like Giants and Rangers and Knicks and all that stuff. And then the Northeast is all the the Boston, you know, Patriots, Red Sox fans. Yeah. So as a young kid, when uh, when the Red Sox and the Yankees were meeting just about every year in the playoffs, and they were the two teams. You had uh, you had Jeter and Pedro mm-hmm. and Aaron Bleepin' Boone. I mean, what, what Big Poppy, David Ortiz. Um, what what were you thinking as a young kid uh, during all those times? Oh, uh, it was it was it was magical. It was awesome. Yeah. I had my best friend uh, Angus Gracie and I. We would uh, dress up. He'd have all his Red Sox stuff. I'd have my Yankee stuff, and we'd watch the Yankees and Red Sox brawl, and then we'd peg each other's wiffle balls, and then brawl in the backyard. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so we'd be, we'd be like reenacting all this stuff and reenacting right. the home runs, and you know, whoever won that year, you know, you got you were like, you know, you could you could chirp him for the whole entire year until the next season started. You know what I mean? Right. So, so when the Red Sox came back from three nothing down, were you were you were you devastated as a kid? Or um... I remember Johnny Damon hitting uh, the grand slam in Game Seven at Yankee Stadium, and I started crying and walked away from the TV. I knew it was over. And then you know I remember I remember Aaron Boone's home run and being excited. And then when the Marlins beat the Yankees in 03, I was crying again. You know what I mean? So, so you cr- you cried when the Yankees lost lost oh, yeah. in the World Series. Uh-huh. So, yeah. you, you, so you were that 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 diehard. Did, did your Red Sox neighbors did they give you a hard time? Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, every, everybody knew that I was you know diehard Yankees. And you know when Aaron Boone hit the home run, I was all over my Red Sox fans. So right. I got I got it back in 2004. Right. Uh, I've, and obviously David Ortiz's name has been in the news. Where we're all hoping and praying for him. But but did you despise big? Did you, did you despise Big Poppy as a, as a, as a Red Sox player? <laughs> it was because um, I, I he's a good guy. I'm I'm praying for him too as a Yankees fan. I think everybody is because he's such a good guy. He's so respected. I think it was more of a fear, you know, when it always seemed like in the big situation. He came the, the, through. Yeah, you know? he he was he was at the plate, and then you're like, oh, here we go. You know, Big Poppy's up. It's over. Right. But um, yeah, he he's kind of. Yeah, I think I think Derek Jeter. You know, it's Derek Jeter. So I'd say he's a little bit more. He's one of the more respected players ever. But um, he's on. He's like the Derek Jeter of the Red Sox. You know what I mean? So you can't you can't really hate Big Poppy, but you fear him and you don't want him to be at the plate when your team is up by one. I imagine some of your biggest idols growing up as a kid were were, were the were the big time Yankees, the Jeters, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the A Rods and the guys like that. Or mm-hmm. who who were your who were your baseball idols? It, it was up? Jeter. Yeah, yeah Jeter, it was yeah. definitely. I, I think I was Derek Jeter uh, three times for Halloween. So yeah, you were I, yeah, okay. yeah, I, yeah. I, I dressed up as Derek Jeter for Halloween a couple times. Did you wear yeah. number two as a, as a player um, uh, growing up? Or? Um, it was either number two or number one. Yeah, depending okay. on the availability. But um, I started wearing. Uh, it was two in Little League, I think, and then I started wearing uh, number one because I also played soccer goalie, so I was number one also, so I like to keep it right. uh, 
consistent throughout. Right. But uh, well, why did why did Jeter resonate with you? I mean, there, there's lots of answers, obviously, and that's a popular answer at Jeter. But what but what connect, what connected you to Jeter? Um, I think I, I just I just liked his uh, his respect for the game, his respect for his teammates, and he he was a winner. You know, he always wanted to win, and he always wanted to do it the right way. And I I wanted to be as much like that as possible in the way that I played baseball. Yeah. Did you dream of playing baseball as, as a kid? Definitely. Yeah, yeah you yeah. did. You always I, wanted to be a baseball player. You didn't, mm-hmm. Did you play other sports? Or? Um, well, soccer. I, I, yeah. I had, a, you know, when I was really young, I had a dream of playing baseball and soccer in college. But I, I realized that it was a better opportunity for me to pursue baseball uh, beyond, um, you know, high school. So How did you get started in baseball? Um, I just played – my, my mom played softball. So she, you know, uh, she kind of got me going in that direction. And I played, you know, coach pitch when I was four years old. And I, I remember that summer it, when I – I think it was like, you know, 1999 or something like that when I was just – I was like, this is this is a pretty cool sport. I'm going to start I'm gonna start playing this a lot. What was your, what was your first position? Um, it was either shortstop or third base. No yeah. kidding. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> some of the kids they start in right field and then and then, and then you work up from there. But but you were playing the prime positions right from the start. Yeah. So, so I, I was kind of I I got moved I got moved up kind of quickly. So I was playing you know coach pitch. I was playing shortstop or third base, and then I started little league a little bit or like summer little league a little bit early, and I was playing right field. And I still like remember my first literally like somebody like another kid thrown to me now on a coach. I remember that first hit. I remember my first pop fly in right field when I was like you know the little tiny kid and I was playing with like twelve year olds. You know. Yeah. Um, that that type of stuff sticks with you when you when you love a game the way that I love baseball. Right. When did you start really getting good? When did you, when did you start to really think you had a chance to be a professional? Um, well, I, my twelve year old year in little league, it was our all star team. We had a really good team, and we had a we had a legitimate chance of you know having a shot at uh, Williamsport. And uh, I actually gave I gave a walk off grand slam to to end the season for us. And um, so you were the it, hero. You were you were Derek Jeter for your for your little league team. Oh no, I, to lose the oh, to oh, lose oh, it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 you gave it up. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> no, I, I, okay. I misunderstood. I, I, yeah. thought, I, I thought you were. Well, it's doing funny. The it, it's funny because we had it was a double elimination tournament. We had to beat this team twice. The night before, I hit the game winning home run at the top of the sixth to send us into the next game. Okay. And then I gave a walk off grand slam to lose the season for us. Isn't that the worst thing ever as a kid? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing. That, that's kind of when I realized, like, you know, I, I I should pursue this because I love it, but also I think I'm, you know, I, I thought I was pretty good that one day when I hit the home run, and then the next day I gave up the walk off grand slam, and to, yeah, I remember my, you know, the next day my dad he told me he's like I didn't know if you were gonna want to play baseball ever again. The next day I was like we gotta go practice, you know, I gotta work on my curveball, you know. Right. <laughs> so I kind of a combination of knowing that I was pretty good at that age, but also being able to still want to play after that type of failure was when I knew I really wanted to do this. And, and through high school and stuff, you just kept getting better and better. And uh, what, what position mm-hmm. did you play in high school? Were you a shortstop? Or? Um, shortstop and pitcher. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I actually, I pitched a good amount in high school. And um, going into UConn, I was supposed to be like a two-way player, pitcher and position player. But I knew that I wanted to play every day. I wouldn't be able to sit out in the bullpen away from my name to get called. So. Right. So you have a good high school career. Your career is going well at UConn. It's 2017, and, and, and here's the draft, and, and you have a chance to get drafted, but you have to wait, and you have to wait, mm-hmm. and another round goes by, and another round goes by, and you, you weren't taken until the 25th round. Had you stopped watching the draft or paying attention to the draft, or, or how, how did you find out that you had gotten drafted? Um, we had we had it on the radio in my house, and uh, my my mom, you know, my mom, she was a, her de-stressor was working on the garden out in the yard, and my dad and I were kind of pacing around, and, you know, we were like, 
uh, we don't know what's going to happen, so we got to do something to calm us down. So we were playing cards a little bit. Um, playing cards, yeah. yeah. Again, playing that, cards. That, that, yeah. That's your go-to, yeah. And uh, but I think I think we were just kind of you know we didn't know what was going to happen, so we stopped worrying about it as much. And then all of a sudden, it, the kid, the call came, and and the situation worked out well. And uh, how, how did you yeah. react? <laughs> I, I was uh, it's just so exciting. You know, it's the the draft. You know, it sounds it sounds like one of the greatest days of your lives, and it is. But before your name gets called, it's really stressful. It it really weighs on you, especially because you don't you don't know if you're gonna go maybe second day or third day. You know, you're hearing different things from different people. You know, so. Um, and, it, and by the by the time the 25th round uh, comes around, you start to doubt that you're gonna hear your name called. I mean, you, you start to lose a little bit of hope and, and faith that you'll that you will get drafted <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a little bit of doubt yeah for sure but um I, you know i was i was keeping the faith and you know worst case scenario i would have i would have been able to go out and play another summer on the cape uh, with the braves uh with my coach uh harvey shapiro who's a great guy um and go back and play uconn my senior year and finish up my degree which which would have been a great thing as well you know because i love i love playing for those guys and i loved attending that university so it could have it could have been worse if it didn't work out you know Right, and and how did you react? Uh, were you jumping around the house, or what did you do? Go out and throw a baseball, or uh, we? Uh, well, it's funny because a lot. I guess a lot of people in town were listening to the draft too, and uh, I, you know, I, I was really excited, and then uh, talked to the Orioles area scout, Danny Duquette, um, and then the uh, people started rolling into the driveway, and we we had a we had a little like it was basically a wiffle ball party, you know. We we had some we had some drinks and uh, played some wiffle ball in the backyard with the with some kids from town and next town over. So it was yeah, fun. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and, yeah, and the whole the whole town's buzzing too because because it's such a small town. So that, that had yeah. to be that had to be great too. Yeah. So did you ever break any windows or, or or break anything at your house playing baseball? Yeah, I think I, I think I broke a couple windows. You did. Yeah. It was um it, not not that we have we have one big one. It's like the you know the picture window looking out in the backyard i never broke that one somehow but i broke another couple windows from some foul balls and stuff like that aaron throws right <laughs> did your parents or did it, your friends or did anyone else try and push you in a different direction or did they know that baseball was your was your talent and and where your future sort of lies? um my my parents they always wanted me to do whatever i wanted to do but my my older sister um she played college soccer she played at rutgers first and then quinnipiac so that's why that's why i was a soccer goalie and i was i was you were a goalie yeah okay. yeah um and there were some people that were thinking i should try i should try to pursue a career playing goalie um and actually a lot of people when i committed to uconn they thought that i was committing to play soccer at uconn yeah, they did <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah so um but i was never i was never really pushed in either direction um by people who really had an influence on me it was always just do whatever i wanted to do and i think i think people realized pretty quickly that they knew that I loved baseball so much, and I wanted to do that more right. than anything else. What was life like as a soccer goalie? I mean, because there's not a, there's not a lot of glory in in, in doing that. Yeah, so. I mean, it was it was pretty stressful. I, I got hurt uh, all besides my senior year. I got hurt every single year, you know. So, um, but I mean, I had success. I was uh, I was all state junior and senior year for goalie. So, um, it, our teams were our teams were really good, um, but it was it, it it was pretty painful position. Uh, physically and you know mentally, it's pretty hard because you know if you, if you you know a, a forward can miss a shot by a hundred by a hundred feet and it's no big deal, but if you make one little tiny mistake as a goalie, everybody remembers it. You right, know? and even if you have a great game, you're not necessarily the guy they're talking about too. Right. It's the guy that scored a couple goals or or whatever. So mm -hmm. so it, you often get the headlines when you don't when when you don't have success, but you rarely get the headlines when when, when you do have success. Yeah. Is your is your hairstyle, your 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 shoulder length blonde hair, is that inspired from your soccer playing days or your soccer playing friends or um, or is that just your unique 
style and personality. Yeah, I, I've always kind of had long hair. Yeah. Uh, I've had, I, you know, I used to, I used to be that little kid running around with a with a blonde bowl cut, you know, back in the yeah. day. So I start, I started slicking it back when I got to college. But um, it's almost like a surfer haircut, right? <laughs> did, did you go to the beach at all? Could you, could you, in, uh, could you live probably close to the Cape or? Um, you guys... um, I used to we used to go to Long Island Sound on the yeah. on the beach there, but uh, also uh, my friend's uh, grandparents had a they had a house on Block Island just south of Rhode Island, yeah. and he used to break, he used to invite me out there for a lot of summers in a row. So we go to the right. beach out there. Right. And then you're playing baseball. Baseball people forget is a summer sport, so there's not a lot of time for, for, right. for vacation yeah. and stuff during the summer when mm-hmm. you're playing baseball too. Right. Yeah. So yeah, did, did did you surf and do stuff like that or um, jet ski or? Um... I was more of a, I was more of a boogie boarder. A boogie yeah. boarder, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't I'm not too good with getting on a board, you know, skateboard, yeah. skateboarding. Well, neither like neither that, neither, so. neither am I. Will yeah. I? So, <laughs> so I, I stuck to the boogie board uh, too. Yeah. So yeah. A um, couple other interesting things about you. Your bat goes with you um, uh, wherever you go, right? Oh, uh, yeah. You're very superstitious, it seems, about your bat. Tell us about that. Yeah, I just I, I just have a firm belief that uh, if you take care of your bat, it's going to take care of you on the field, you know. So I'll bring I'll bring her on the bus. Um, she She's a, she's a passenger. She needs to be nice and does comfortable. She, does she have a name? Or um... The one right now is uh, Barbara Jr. Yeah, Barbara Jr. I had, I had okay. a Barbara last year, yeah. Because okay. I, I, have I have all birch wood bats, so I have to stick with bee names, and I'm kind of running out of bee names, so we're starting to recycle a little bit but. right <laughs> how do you how do you take care of your bat um i'll i'll just have her on the bus with me you know uh right right next to my seat is she, is she like bu- is she like buckled in uh, if i sometimes like you are right next to you yeah or, sometimes uh, i'll yeah. sleep on the floor and then buckle her in <laughs> mostly so it doesn't fall on my face but <laughs> right. it has happened before right but, <laughs> right but uh yeah and then you know if you know maybe maybe she's like having a couple bad games in a row so i'll take her back to the hotel and you know sit her in a nice chair make her nice and comfortable you throw know? her in the bath and stuff like that yeah. or well i don't want to get the pine okay right the pine tar on there but you like talk talk her into bed and stuff like that if, or, if um, it's a serious slump yeah we'll get okay. to that point but yeah, yeah i'll sleep on the floor and she'll get the bed right you know, but <laughs> well what if you break what if you break the bat i mean how, how many bats do you go through um, per season it, yeah, that, that gets pretty emotional when you break a bat i've uh i had my this my barbara jr is my second one of the season this year i had uh i had becky jr until maybe like two or three weeks ago why are your bats always female um there's just well i don't you know have you, have you had a male bat or no never had a male bat well, yeah no, okay. Okay, um, okay. my bats are female my gloves are female so yeah i got my gloves my gloves named penny right now penny so, okay yeah 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 I, I don't know i guess i guess it's just you know there's my girls is you know, it, it you're right yeah. <laughs> is it is it a really an emotional experience if, if you were to lose a bat break a bat it was yeah when i when i broke the bat that day you know everybody in the dugout went silent they were like looking at me like oh man willie broke his bat like He's gonna be real pissed, and I was like, eh. you know, I I, I kind of sat there on the bench before I had to go back out on the field, and I looked at her, and I was like, Becky, we had a great ride, you know, right. and then and then, the and then what happens? That, do you, do you, do you put put the bats in the ground, or, or well, how, I, how, do you, I like, how do you take care of these bats once they die? I like to think I like to think they retire, they you know, retire, not yeah, okay. they don't, they don't die, so they, they go to bat heaven, right? Yeah, well, yeah, so I'm this the Becky Junior, the one that I broke. Uh, once when my parents come down for the All Star game, I'm gonna give it to them. They'll they'll put it in the put it in my room back at home. So <laughs> right, okay. Oh, yeah. so, you, so you keep you keep the bat. Uh, yeah, I try yeah. to. Some, sometimes you'll break bats a little more frequently, but when you right. have a bat that you know treats you well for a while, I try I try to hold on. Right. It, yeah. Does it freak you out when you break a bat? Do you think you're gonna go into a slump or, or something like that? Uh, I, I I have confidence that the next bat will take care of me. You okay. know, but uh, your, your, your next girl will will, yeah. will, will pick you up. There. Yeah, she'll come so, through. Yeah. But you know, at, f- at first it's shell shocking. You know, yeah, it'll right it'll yeah. catch you off guard. <laughs> right. Um. The the team hasn't been hitting that well lately, but but you've come through with a couple of big hits. So, 
how, when, when the team's struggling and everyone's struggling to get ahead, how, how do you stay positive? Or even you're struggling and struggling to get ahead. How do you stay positive and how do you sort of keep the belief that your next at-bat will be your, will be the breakthrough one? Um, yeah, I think when you – it's a, po- a poisonous way to think about baseball is if you worry about your own individual struggles, you know. Because, like, what, what kept me uh, motivated through this losing streak that we had was just – trying to do everything and anything to get on base and and set the guys up behind me and uh or if you know if you get an rbi opportunity you got to cash it in for for the team so that we can try to get out of this uh little funk we're in so I, i'm just i regardless if we're on a 10 game winning streak 10 game losing you can't streak, you I'm, can't dwell on things either good or bad right, right yeah you just got you just got to focus on on taking taking advantage of opportunities your teammates give you or setting up opportunities for your teammates is that easier said than done though i mean it, it's, it sounds simple but it might not be that yeah, I think. Easy. Yeah, I guess. I guess in the moment you can't necessarily think like that. You just gotta. You gotta really simplify. It. Like like I was talking to you about last night. You gotta treat every bat the same exact way and not put too much pressure on yourself or or uh, lose your focus for any one at bat. So every every at bat is exactly the same, even keel. But 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 keeping that positive mindset, it can be challenging at times. I'm sure, especially when you're going through a tough time or the team's going through a tough time like the last week. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think my experience at UConn um, with our coaches and and being uh, being a captain my senior year just uh, was a good it was a good uh, work in progress towards being you know ultra positive and just trying to just knowing how to motivate your teammates and and lead by example without you know without doing too much at the same time. Right. The other thing I love about you is when when you play you're wearing the high socks you're wearing you're wearing the old school stripe down the side what do they call those stirrups? Oh, yeah, the, stirrups. Yeah. So stirrups. I mean mm-hmm. it's, it's an old school look. Most people you either see they, they wear their pants all the way down or they just wear high plain socks. Mm-hmm. Why do you go with the old school look? Um, I don't know. I just I just like to do. You know, I just like to think I'm an old school guy. I just like to, I like to keep it, keep the look old school. Um, it's just, it's just my thing. I don't know. I mean, you know, I listen to old music. I, 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 I tell people I was born in the wrong generation. You, know? so, <laughs> you were, yeah. yeah. Right. So that, I guess that's my motivation for it. Yeah. So you're 23 going on like 40 something, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's like a sequel to 13 going on 30. Right, but you're, 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 you're <laughs> but you're not even, you were born in what 90, 95, 95. Yeah. So, so I mean, so a lot of this stuff was like going out of, uh, out of style and out of fashion before you were even born. So, yeah. so. Why did you take an appreciation for for some of the old school stuff? Um, I don't know because I just think I I watch a lot of baseball history and how how guys went about it in like the forties, fifties, and sixties, and how how much more difficult it was to be successful. You know, there, we didn't have trainers that were pampering us every single day, or they didn't have it back then. And um, you know, they're they're grinding they're grinding through seasons on on their own on their own toughness. You know what I mean? So I kind of I just really appreciate what those guys what those guys were able to do back then, and, and it's kind of a testament to them, I guess, more than anything. Did you play with the stirrups as a kid, uh, socks, or, or, or were those already out of style by, um, by the time you got to little league? I didn't I didn't realize that there were real ones and fake ones in little league, so I used to have yeah. the ones that were painted on the side. Right. Yeah. Um, but we had them at UConn. They weren't they weren't as high, but they were they were like the low stirrups with the stripes yeah. on them. So are you wearing authentic stirrups like that you have to hook around the bottom of your foot or, yeah. or, or the, uh, you are yeah, so, yeah, the so your ones, yours yeah. aren't yours aren't painted on the no, side not so, painted, so, yeah. so you're you're so you want mm-hmm. you want the real thing you want you want the real deal yeah, so for sure. Um, you say you like old style music too. I, I wanted to ask you about your walk up song, which is Queen's uh, mm-hmm. "Fat Fat 
fat bottom girls. Uh, mm -hmm. Why did you pick that as your walk up song? Um, I don't know. I just I, I kind of I was look I like Queen of course. I think I, a lot of people like Queen, but um, also I was just kind of looking for a song that the fans would appreciate, kind of get the fans fired up for right. for each at bat. But so. not your young fans, Willie. I mean, your <laughs> well, young yeah, fans yeah. are like, who's Queen or what? Or, what they've never even probably never even heard the song. Right. Before, yeah. So. I was just introducing Queen to my to my host brother uh, throughout the spring, and he now all of a sudden he'll you know he'll grab the speaker and he'll go Alexa play Queen play Queen. You know? No, so, right, no yeah, kidding. Yeah. So, so you got him hooked. So, so hopefully, hopefully he's telling all the little fans around the stadium to start listening to Queen. So know, what? So. A, lot, a lot of We Will Rock You and and We Are the Champions and Bohemian Rhapsody, all that stuff. Or are you got going into some of the deeper Queen stuff? Well, that'll that's like you know that's good like yeah. pregame pregame stuff that'll get you fired up. You know, right. like Don't Stop Me Now, um, Killer Queen, uh, Crazy little thing called love all that stuff I, I like i like most of their music so it's really good stuff but um my dad my dad was in a band in college he he loves classic rock he builds guitars and amplifiers from scratch no as kidding a, yeah it's like a hobby yeah so uh so no wonder why you appreciate that uh, yeah old he, he's music. definitely the the driving force so behind besides that. queen who are your bands um i really like almond brothers um you know like Jimi hendrix uh led zeppelin crosby stills and nash sure yeah, yeah. Uh, ccr all those guys yeah, right so, yes yeah. why, why why weren't you born born in like 1985 or something like that i don't know so. I, I missed out on the good times yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did for sure so um as i mentioned at the top of the uh at the top of the show here you are a carolina league all-star you'll, you'll be in the game uh next tuesday right right here at uh, nemeo field what, what does that mean to you uh to be uh, named an all-star it, it, it it's awesome it's really excited to be able to represent the best that the north division has to offer and uh to represent the keys with the six other six other guys that got honored with the all-star nod and uh, to play under minor and in this stadium is going to be really exciting i've never played um in an all-star game where your team is hosting you know so that's going to be unique. i was going to ask you about that the game's here so mm -hmm. so you don't even have to travel uh, really for, for the game right yeah so, so it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be nice it'll be fun to like you know meet up with some of the players that are coming into town and show them around you know stuff like that so what are some of your favorite sites some of your favorite places here around frederick um, well, I don't know if we're going to, we're going to have time to go for a hike or anything like that, but I, I like to go, I like to go for hikes, you know, in the air, like, uh, there's Sugarloaf Mountain down the street that I've been to a couple times. Have you been up to the falls, uh, Cunningham Falls? Up, I, I up, been... up in Thurmond? That's a little up Route 15. So oh, okay. It's about a 20 minute drive, so you yeah. might not have had time to do that yet. No, so. but, um, the, oh, that's a good hike though. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, the Monoxy Battlefield is pretty cool actually. Yeah. Like, right, right history, over right. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're a guy that strikes me that, that would appreciate history. Yeah, so. for sure. And, yeah. and you have a good host family? Cause I mean, that's something. I'm lucky to draw too. Oh yeah, they're great. Yeah, the yeah. The, the wits have been amazing to me. They they're uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, getting to know them and the two kids they have at the house. So it's been a blast uh, with them. Right. Where where are your favorite places to eat uh, here in town? Um, I really like the uh, the roast house actually. Which, you do. Yeah, okay. it's yeah. which is over over near the the country inn where they right. put us up at in the beginning. Right. Um, it's 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 really good little quality barbecue and they got they got good uh, uh, beer choices too. So it's a uh, it's a uh, right. I like that spot. Um, do you like that? Town Frederick? Um, yeah, I haven't yeah. I haven't explored it too much, but um, the Black Hog has really good food down but there. Great barbecue, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then uh, the Gala where uh, the brewer, Brewers Alley that that's a pretty cool spot too. So yeah. we've been there a couple times. Places along the creek are pretty nice there. Yeah, a nice little stroll. Along we checked the creek out there, um, so, yeah. Alive at Five uh, one time when we had a Thursday day game. So that yeah. was that was a really cool uh, right. little shindig they do there. Is it tough? I was going to ask you about that too. Is it tough because your games are often at night? You're always working at night, and, and you don't often get to go out after five o'clock. Like, like most people and stuff is, is that hard to get 
get used to, or have you been used to it pretty much your whole life? <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely we've definitely been used to it because um, you know a lot of, even even in college a lot of our games on the weekends were at seven o'clock, and then we'd have a one o'clock getaway game. Um, so you get you get used to it. You know, it's because um, it's actually. It kind of makes those day games or like a morning game where you have the the kids come to the field. It makes those like really refreshing. It's like, oh my god, what do I do with the rest of my day? You know. So. Right. Uh, your season's gone r really well, and you knew that the All Star game was coming up. Did you feel you had a chance to make the team? Um, I, I thought I thought I had a, I thought I had a chance. Yeah, for sure. But you know, as it, as it approached, my my mentality was that's the that's the last thing on your mind. You know, I'm I'm still focused on just producing for the team and you're next and at bat, to win. right? Yeah, yeah. you're next playing the field. You're next at bat. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. Because if you worry if you worry about that, then the rest will take care of itself. So. Right. Um. And how did how did you react when when you found out you made it? I, I was really excited. Um. I, I called my parents and let them know. Are they coming um, down or? Yeah, they'll be yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, they got they got a couple of days off from work. So. How would you find out? What miner sent you a text or? Um, uh, he called me into his office. Yeah. Oh, did, yeah. yeah. We, we were in Down East when uh, when he told me. So. Right, yeah. That's that's the classic scene. Getting called into the office. What what did you think was going to happen? When, yeah. when, when he called you in. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You you, <laughs> ne you never know when a manager calls you in. It could be anything. You know. Yeah. Good. Good or it's usually. Sometimes good, but sometimes not good. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, I, anytime it's funny because like if he calls me to an office or I get a random uh, phone number calling me from somewhere in the country, it's like, oh man, am I getting traded or something like that? You know? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah, right? you, you you never know. I was just so talking to David LeBron, and, and he found out he got traded last right, year. Yeah. Uh, they they called him down to the I think down to a bullpen session or whatever, and told him you just got traded. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, do you have to be on pins and needles and sort of it all, and be ready for that stuff at all times? Or I, I think so. I mean, it's just the it's just the art. I mean, the you know the nature of our job. You know, it's because you it, could be playing great and still get traded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, you never know because you know certain needs uh, vary from each organization. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I'm 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 very lucky that I play for the Orioles. I love playing for this organization. I love the people that I play for. Um, but at the same time, it's it's a business, you know. So you gotta be you gotta be ready for anything. When when people get called into the office, did sort of a hush come over the clubhouse, or do you guys not even pay attention to it that much? Uh, <laughs> yeah, some usually you don't notice. Yeah, yeah. like like the, when I got called in, I, it was like in between uh, rounds of batting practice, so there weren't that many people in the clubhouse. Yeah, so, so no uh, no one even knew that. Hey, yeah. Willie, Willie's in the in the manager's office right, right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, usually usually you never notice. So. Hey, man, thanks for doing this. It's, it's been a blast talking to you. Uh, I w wish you well for the rest of the season. Uh, wish wish you well in the All-Star game next week. And then wish you well when you're, whenever your playing days stop and then you get into this line of work. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be tuning in to ESPN and, and hope to see you on one day. So thanks so much for doing this. Thanks so much. Appreciate yep. it. Thanks for yep. having me. And uh, thank you all uh, uh, for listening to this week's episode of The Final Score. My thanks to producer Graham Collin. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, another Frederick Keys player, another Frederick Keys All-Star, as uh, Steve Klimek uh, joins us on next week's uh, final score. So until then, we will see you. Thanks for listening. I'm Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department.